the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right. I am thumbing through my Bible right now to get to, i got to get to that book where we're going to start off talking about tonight, Stacy. <laughs> Stacy is here in the studio with me, and um, to help me, yes, help I'm keep here. me on the straight and narrow here, make, make sure I'm making sense. That reminds oh. me of your song, I keep my thumb between pages. And my, my heart, heart in the book, in the you bet, yep. <laughs> and uh, John is here as well. Eating some of those cookies that Stacy brought you tonight. <laughs> They're very good. Are they peanut butter chocolate? They're chocolate chip walnut. Chocolate. Um, sounds good. Anyway, folks, I don't need to torture you, do I? Putting chocolate chip cookies in your mind um, tonight. This is the Bible Live. This is the Soapster, Soapy Dollar here with you. We are, as always, reading through the entire Bible every year. And so I want you to know that's what the program is about. We, um, we read through it. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of mixed up my brain tonight. Uh, we read through the entire Bible every year, but not here on the radio. Uh, we used to on the radio here Monday through Friday every weeknight from 2002, from the year 2001 to now, the present. We've been reading through the Bible every year. Um, and at the beginning, up until the year, I think, 20. 2013, 2014, somewhere in that range, we moved from uh, the radio with our Bible reading program. We moved it to the Internet, and you can now still go and hear, read through the Bible together to The Bible Live. TheBibleLive.com or just BibleLive.com. The word they doesn't have to be there now because so many people didn't remember to put it. We I got both websites now, so it doesn't matter. But uh, most correctly is TheBibleLive.com, and you'll go to our website, and you can there, uh, right there on the front page, you can see every week there's uh, Monday through Friday five Bible readings lined up there for there for you on the first opening page. And you can read through those with us. And every week we read, we change those, and you 
week by week. Now, you can go, if you want to go further back, uh, find a different reading than what we're reading this past week. Then, And we're following the same reading schedule. We have followed all of these uh, 20 years now as we read through the entire Bible every year. <clears throat> so... But you can go to, on the website, just go to the podcast, the Bible readings, and you can go back as far as you want and find other readings from that we read at other time in the year. But if you want to read through the Bible with us on our schedule, just go each uh, morning, every day, Monday through Friday, go to that uh, with your, your smartphone or on your computer, your laptop, your desktop, whatever the apparatus you use. You can go there and... <clears throat> you'll have a 15 to 20 minute reading from the scriptures every weekday, Monday through Friday, and uh, the entire Bible every year. So this past week, we read the, we finished up the final reading from the book of Jeremiah, and then we read the book of Lamentations on Tuesday, uh, the entire book in one reading. <clears throat> and then we move at that point from the book of Lamentations, before we go on then into the book of Ezekiel and Daniel and into the uh, other, um, uh, what are called min- the minor prophets, <clears throat> we jump back now into the New Testament and we pick up there where we left off uh, sometime back before we read Isaiah, I mean, Jeremiah, Isaiah and Jeremiah. We pick up there with the book of Hebrews. We had read in the New Testament up to that point. And to, then we, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we read through the book of Hebrews in three <clears throat> three different readings. <clears throat> so, now what we do on, Mon- on Sunday night is we are here to talk about those passages that we read this past week. So we are going to... Um, we are going to comment a little bit on the final chapters of the book of Jeremiah, uh, and we are going to comment on the book of Lamentations. Uh, and, of course, you you get the book of Lamentations, I believe you understand, uh, lamenting. It's a book of grieving, mm-hmm. and all of that brings us up to uh, where we were as we read the book of Jeremiah. Remember that the final chapters of Jeremiah <clears throat> take place after the fall of Jerusalem. Chapter 52 of the book of Jeremiah is actually the, the invasion, the, the, uh, the destruction of the temple. The Babylonian army uh, have, has come. They have set a siege on Jerusalem, uh, a terrible siege, 13, about 13 months in all, and uh, no food. Uh, very little water that they was available, and the people suffered greatly. Incredible suffering, uh, death, destruction, d- disease uh, set in. Uh, children were children died. The weak died. The elderly, thousands uh, died uh, in this siege, and uh, and then the army the burst into Jerusalem itself. They destroyed the city. <clears throat> tearing it down, <clears throat> the walls came down, the temple was destroyed. The slaughter of the people continued uh, uh, by the armies of Babylon. And what we want to say about what we want to say now about Jeremiah is, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you, I'm sure Jeremiah would have felt like saying, but he didn't. He didn't. He no, didn't. he didn't. But he had been telling them for. 
40 years he had been telling them what was going to happen, what God was going to do, that they're going, and he had been telling them uh, the only way out of it is accept your your judgment from God, accept your punishment. Repent. It sounds like repentance. Get, repent, mm-hmm. turn in, give yourselves up to, to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar. Um, Babylon was positively uh, looking at Israel. Remember now, Daniel, <coughs> had, Ezekiel. Had a, had a positive look on Israel. Uh, yes, the, uh, Nebuchadnezzar himself had, had, had an experience with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and uh, uh, other leaders as well. Remember that, that uh, Ezekiel and Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, many, many uh, thousands of Jews had been taken to exile into Babylon, and that had a tremendous impact on the on the culture, on the society, because they influenced the leaders. Uh, they influenced uh, Nebuchadnezzar. They influenced uh, uh, after him uh, Belteshazzar. They influenced Darius the Mede, who conquered them, and then so they they've had this influence, and Nebuchadnezzar was was. What's the word I'm trying to say there, Stacy? He was partial to them. He was not partial, yeah, hostile. Okay. He didn't want to destroy them necessarily. He he had a kind of a respect for. Obviously, least, he's an emperor. Right. He's going to conquer right. them, and, so and at on. least for the <clears throat> captives that he knew of that were in Babylon, I think probably what was disheartening was to then actually see the people and and here they're sacrificing their children to Moloch. Here they're being aggressive here there and they're rejecting the he gave them a jewish uh a a jewish leader a Mm -hmm. governor over them gedaliah and and they assassinated him right and so i mean that was just uh, jeremiah was totally right he was not unpatriotic the the best route god had revealed it to him clearly and he knew give in to Nebuchadnezzar, and there were those who did. There were those who did surrender, who went out, escaped the battle, went out and surrendered, uh, and they were treated. They were treated fine. But then those who battled, uh, it was a slaughter. It was terrible. Now, after the battle, Jeremiah is given a chance to return to uh, Babylon with the um, captain of the armies there, the commander. Or to stay in Jerusalem. And he chose, believe it or not, he, he could have been received as a hero back in Babylon. He would have been received and treated greatly as a, a, a returning hero, as faithful. He would have been treated very well. But he chose to stay with his own people in Jerusalem. And, and in turn, it turned out even that was a bad decision because then those who rebelled within Israel came to him and they lied to him they said tell us what we should do now we uh we we're here in the land what should we do and he said don't try to escape down into Egypt don't rebel against Babylon stay here don't rebel go along with the with your uh the invasion and with your occupation and and, and you'll be spared but if you escape down into Egypt if you try to escape you're gonna go, you'll get down, and they're just they're gonna come down there, and, and Babylon will is also going to destroy Egypt, and you're gonna you're gonna die there. But they wouldn't believe him. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't believe him. And they took out for Egypt. And furthermore, they took him. They kidnapped Jeremiah himself and took him down into Egypt. And there it is that, that he died as well uh, uh, with his own people there in in uh, Egypt when Nebuchadnezzar came and the armies of Babylon destroyed them there as well in Egypt. So there we are. That was the end of the book of Jer- uh, Jeremiah. It's, it's pretty it's, appropriate that we go into <clears throat> Lamentations from that. And from that, we move now to this book of grieving, uh, the uh, song of grieving and uh, about the, the loss, about the suffering, about the deaths uh, and the destruction that took place there. Um, in 586 B.C., Jeremiah probably wrote Lamentations before he was deported to Egypt uh, as a prisoner of Judah's former rulers. And so um, here he, he, he writes this funeral dirge. Um, <clears throat> he is not named in the book as the author, but a number of Jewish sources, as well as the Greek version of the Old Testament, name him as its author. So um, here we have the book of Lamentations. It's a book of lamenting, of, of weeping uh, over the suffering, over the destruction that took place. Um, and let's let's discuss a little bit what where we are because we're going to move from the book of Jeremiah and Lamentations. We're going to move now back to the New Testament, and we're going to talk about the transition from. The time before Messiah came and the time after Messiah came, after Jesus of Nazareth, life, death, and atoning work as the Christ, the Messiah uh, of Israel. And the book of Hebrews is a book of transition, and it's going to, it is a book uh, that is written to help understand the transition now from. Uh, the time, the times of uh, the, uh, the nation of Israel, uh, and all, all of the all of the record that we have in the Bible up to the book of Malachi, even up to the time of the coming of Messiah, and he, and uh, the book of Hebrews is going to try to help us understand what the implications of the coming of Messiah. And so in preparation for that transition, let's talk, I'm sorry, let's talk just a moment about what, the at this juncture, 586 B.C., Israel uh, is invaded. Uh, They are taken away in exile. The the capital city is destroyed. The temple is destroyed. Uh, They no longer have the temple to make sacrifices. They don't have... Any of that, and they are scattered uh, across, you know, across all of, all of the civilized world of that era and time. A few, some stay in Israel, but most are scattered uh, into Babylon and across, as I say, the civilization of that time. What was Israel all about? Let's go back to that question. What what exactly now happened? What what was destroyed here? And to answer that question, let me get Stacy. Can I get you to jump in and to, as best you can? Now now we're we're going to talk about from a biblical point of view. What was this little people group 
that lived in that little piece of real estate mm-hmm. down at the uh, the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea. What was that little? We 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 call it Judah or Israel. We, is, even to this day, we think that is Israel. What was that all about? In the first place, it was not an. It was not a race of people, right? They're not a race. Um, they were fundamentally. They were started out with a man and his wife, Abraham and Sarah. His children, Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob, and of course we see Joseph and the twelve tribes, twelve sons of, of Israel, twelve sons of Jacob, down in Egypt, and, we've, and so on. So it's it's not about racism. It's not a race. You mean when you say race, you mean ethnicity? Maybe <clears throat> what do you mean? By well, they, the word ethnos means a people group. Right. Okay. So they were a people group. Yes. But they're not a race of people. They they. Abraham came from the uh, Aramaic was raised. They were from their what would race. Be, uh, just what would be they the were, different races? What would be the different uh, the racial groups? Uh, um, they were called Semites. Shem, okay, uh, from Shem, uh, Ham and Japheth. Uh, all I'm trying to say is that they weren't races. Were like. Uh, 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 Caucasian, okay, uh, you know, uh, uh, Asian, um, uh, okay. African, or, sure. or, or, or Ethiopian, as they used to be called, the race main racial groups. They were a people group, right. but they were just they Sorry, they were just a man and his, they were just a family right. and their descendants, uh-huh. and they didn't even they didn't even. Stay within their family. They married outside their family. Other, they married people who weren't within their mm-hmm. ethnos. Uh, and and so, in essence, so the what I'm trying to say here is that Israel, what it meant to be Israel, right. was not racist, or or even in the pure uh, in, in a or in a rac- racial or genetic racial. sense, they right. were not necessarily even um, that was genetics. Or race was not the basis of them as a people group. Right. What did distinguish them as a people group? Maybe that's what I'm trying to ask you. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I guess their unique relationship with, I mean, with with God, and then the outworking of that through, I mean, the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> the Ten Commandments are kind of the basis of their maybe geopolitical organization. I mean, just as a people group. Um, and then they're they're well they were they they were not unique in that they worshipped God right or mm-hmm. a God mm-hmm. because all people when 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 Abraham went down to Egypt when he went through different places and so on the Canaanites they all worshipped gods mm-hmm. Abraham <clears throat> himself was distinctive in that he worshipped what I'm going to call, I'm going to use some words here, the true and living God. He worshipped the one, the creator God that created the world. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it wasn't a God made up by humans, but... Th- the God who created the world. And this, of course, his understanding of that God came from oral 
oral tradition that was passed down from Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, I mean, passed down through the generations that we read about in early the book of Genesis. The early tradition and, uh, and story was about God created the heavens and the earth and so on. And Abraham worshipped the the distinctive thing about it, he worshipped one God. Mm-hmm. Not a pantheon of gods or not not um, gods that they made up or idols that were created, but he worshipped the God who created the heavens and the earth mm-hmm. and who, tradition says, had given instructions about uh, wickedness and goodness, good and evil, and about how God was going to send a redeemer, a savior, mm-hmm. someone who would atone for the sins, the wrong, the evil of humanity, and that could um, then men could come back to a right relationship with the one true God, mm-hmm. and they could know God and experience Him in their lives here on earth, and they could they could be right with God in the spiritual world after death, and so on. They could go and be with God. So that. That's what distinguished Abraham, and then he passed that on to his son Isaac. Isaac passed it to his sons Jacob and Esau. Esau rejected it, went a different way. Jacob was slow to pick up on it, but he did embrace it. But he he took a, a long time, about a 20-year period of growing and coming to understand until he became totally understand and, and committed to embracing the God of Abraham and Isaac, his uh, grandfather and father. Then he passed that on to his sons. And, of course, uh, they at different levels embraced it as well, uh, different levels and different uh, understanding. But Joseph was the one principally who embraced the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, his forefathers. And he was the one God used to go down into Egypt to bring them out. Then, of course, you have Moses. <laughs> and uh, so, so, Again, I guess I'll come back to, uh, and, and this is important, folks. What we're trying to get to here is important when we come to the book of Hebrews. Because it's important that we understand that the people of Israel, what, what set them apart, what made them unique, was not the race or genetics. It was their view their understanding of the God who had revealed Himself to them, their forefathers, and to them as a nation, as a people group through the centuries. Now, not not every person who was a Jew, a Judas, a Jew, a, a Jewish person, was a believer. Not every one of them embraced the God, but this is what came to characterize them as a people group, and that's what I ask you, Stacy, what what it meant to be. And what it meant to be in Israel, if you lived in Israel, it, 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 it is that it, it meant that you were part of the identity was that you were a follower, follower after the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, not everybody was, not even a majority was. And by this time in particular, they had pretty much abandoned that faith in the true and living God. But that's what Israel was called to do. To know that God, to be worship, worship faithfully that God, and to keep alive among the nations and other people groups of the world, Egypt, Babylon, 
uh, Arame- uh, Damascus, uh, uh, the other na- Assyria, they were to be a witness to the other nations and people groups of the world of that true and living God. Uh, in that sense, they were a picture of God's people today as well. We are called to be faithful to present the God, the true and living God, uh, to the people of the world today, and that was always their command. That was a part of their legacy and part of their identity as the people uh, of Israel. All right, does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. I hope it does. We'll kind of try to repeat it because we're going to carry now from the book of Lamentations when this people group endures a great suffering because they were unfaithful to their calling uh, that God had called them to, to do. They were unfaithful. They began to worship idols. And instead of infecting and effect, uh, influencing the people around them, they became influenced by the idolaters and the, and the false gods and the immorality and the corruption that was around them. And, and God had told them, and if, when you do that, you're going to be, you're going to, to, to be punished. You're going to be uh, judged uh, because of that. And so this is what has happened to them now. Uh, in in, in uh, 586 B.C., Babylon came, and, and they were punished. Isaiah had been telling them. Jeremiah told them. Other prophets had told them. It's coming. You're gonna, this is what's going to happen. So that's what happened now as we leave them. And that's why we have the book of Lamentations uh, grieving over the, the, the suffering that took place and the destruction of the temple. But it was not the end of God's plan. Because God's plan was went beyond just that that group. I'm, that's what I'm trying to say is that there was a great judgment on the nation of Israel, but the people there were still people who worshipped God and followed Him uh, in the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, Lamentations ends with a prayer for restoration. That and and of course Jeremiah had predicted that. Also, not only the destruction and judgment, but also that they would be restored, that God would not abandon them forever, that they would be restored after 70 years in exile. So we're coming back to that. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within Sinking to rise no more But the master of the sea Heard my despairing cry From the waters lifted me Now safe am I To the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. Sorry, we got out without our typical uh, outro music there. We had just a little 
technical problem here in the studio, but we had to break out quickly, but we're back. And we are now ready to move from the books of Jeremiah and Lamentations, the experience of the destruction of the temple and the city of Jerusalem in uh, A.D. 586 B.C., I'm sorry, 586 B.C., so uh, <clears throat> there we have that. And as we transition now to the book of Hebrews, I was trying to help us get a sense now of what is Israel and what is it to be Jewish, Jew, the Jews and Israel. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain both to Stacy and to you, our listeners, this is not going to be easy, folks, because we are so accustomed. And there's nothing wrong. There is a right perspective and understanding of the two words, to be a Jew and to be uh, Israel. Uh, you can understand those words in a lot of different ways. Uh, some of it could be genetic uh, DNA, you know, just from a people group passing in. Some of it could be nationalistic. You're from a nation. Your citizenship of a particular nation or, or group. There could be a geopolitical understanding of the word Jewish or Israel, uh, and it could be <clears throat> it could be religious religion. There's a certain religious system. Identified to be Jewish or to be Israel, uh, that that has come. But this is where we have to say. But the deepest meaning of the words Israel and Jew and Judaism, it goes deeper than any of those things. It, it's not. It's not. It's deeper even than religion. Yes, I know there is a religion called Judaism, and yes, uh, I know there. But the identity of the people, the true calling of the people of Israel from the time of Abraham and forward, was always to acknowledge and worship and know the true and living God, the God, the one God. Monotheistic one God, not many gods, not not gods idols, not false gods or invented gods, but the but the true and living God, the Creator of the world, and to uh, and to know that God and, to, and God revealed Himself to them, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and and to them as a people group as they worshipped God and followed Him. They also, God continued to work with them and reveal himself in them, through them, and to them more and more through the centuries now. This wasn't just about, you know, through a lifetime. This was through generations and centuries, the true and living God that as as a group, as, as as an ethnos, as a people group, they were called upon to know that God, worship that God, make that God known to others. And finally, the, most importantly, they played a role in the redemptive plan that the true and living God had laid out for them to help them understand it. They were going to play a role in the redemptive plan for all of humanity that the 
God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had revealed to them he was going to carry out. And Stacy, and I, wanna, I, I keep pitching you questions and then answering them myself. What is this final important role that well, sure. they were to carry out? Well, sure, as was said in Genesis, that a seed uh, will crush Satan. And, and, and it was Abraham that God said, it'll be from your seed uh, will come the Messiah. That, that promised one that would uh, redeem humanity and bridge us back into be able to, uh, to God. And so, so not only was Israel there to, to, to obey God, to acknowledge God, to worship God alone, but and to experience God and follow Him and obey Him as God themselves, but they were also to make Him known to other people groups around them to introduce. And throughout the Old Testament, there are many converts. There are many who Gentiles outside the nation of Israel who became part of Israel. Uh, it's, it's one of the most. <laughs> there are many, but you could mention Ruth is one of Moabitess who would convert, and there are many, many thousands, in fact, who through those centuries in, in each generation who came to know about the, and they became convinced of the true one true God, and they then by their faith at different levels and different levels of understanding, but they many became a part of Israel in that sense that they embraced the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And not only did many convert to, but also a whole half broke away from. Yes. (laughs) I mean, in terms of just, you know, the the geopolitical and the national. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So what we want to see before we get into the book of Hebrews here, what we want to emphasize is that this is the, the Hebrews that are addressed in the book of Hebrews. Uh, that we're going to be looking at is we're trying to th- now what Hebrews is he talking about? In other words, that's what we that's why I'm trying to analyze this and and help you to get a sense of what were the what was Israel? What did it mean to be Israel? What did it really mean now? Not just one of the superficial meanings, a uh, 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 geopolitical or ethnic or or genetic or even religious. But what it really meant, it, it, it's what Jesus and what Paul talked about when they said not everybody not everybody who calls himself Jewish or a part of Israel is really Israel. Not every, because it's what Israel truly, the deepest meaning was those who embraced and worshipped the true and living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and who were his people and they took on the role of knowing him and sharing him with others, and they knew that in and through them as a people, God was going to bring this long-awaited, promised Messiah, Redeemer, who would be uh, the Savior of the world, who would who would uh, who would expand and take this message of redemption and salvation uh, to to people groups. Nations and people groups all over the world, every nation, every tribe, every language around the world. That was this righteous branch that we've been talking about as we read through the Old Testament, this Messiah that was predicted. So now, now we come to the book of Hebrews in real, the New Testament. Right, real quickly, I just want to, um, you know, in talking about the Messiah and the hope and the faithfulness that those people, I think that's 
real quickly, one of the main importance and, and reasons for lamentations um, is that despite, I mean, the worst thing that could probably ever happen to a nation, to a people group happened. I mean, we've, you know, we just, we just went through the 20th anniversary of 9-11, right, as a nation, mm-hmm. as a people group. And that was, I mean, that was awful. That was, that was, that was, that was something that history will never forget, that mm-hmm. we as a nation will never forget. And it was painful. And it, and we lament that, right? Well, this was the absolute destruction of a people. I mean, this was, like Dad said, it doesn't get much worse. They, it was a siege. There was starvation. They were eating their children. There was, their king was, had his eyes gouged out and his children killed in front. Their temple was destroyed. They were scattered. I mean, it's as devastating as it gets. And this is, and, 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 and despite all of that, I just want to read this quote. I mean, despite all that, Jamer, you know, Jeremiah is lamenting, but we get that incredible verse, right? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And where is that found? That is in Lamentations. <laughs> Believe it or not, right there in Lamentations yeah, as well, right? Right, exactly. In mm-hmm. the middle. And that's kind of the heart of... What is Israel? Israel is the people that can go through something as horrible as as this, and yet still, you know, but we know the true and living God. We know that his, he's slow to anger. His mercies are new every morning. We know that there's a Messiah. We know we are not a people without hope. We have hope. And I was going to read this quote. Mm-hmm. There's no attempt to hide the horror that, or the destruction that the people experienced. The Jewish people, the Israel, the reader is invited to ground zero of the devastation, there to stand dumbfounded by the enormity of the collapse of this once glorious city. And that's Diane Bergant um, when talking about lamentations. And I just, and, and so then, you know, we transition to Hebrews, but knowing that this is a people that have gone through the really high highs, <laughs> wonderful, but also just devastation and through it all, the people of God, great is his faithfulness. It's not about us being able to reach him. It's that these people knew and know God who reached down to them. And they know his faithfulness. They know his love. E- even in his, his judgment. Even, even in, in his, his judgment, punishment for their sin. That he there's is, going to be restoration. Right, right. Uh, and so, and he's know, going to keep his promise mm-hmm, to right, bring that redeemer that through them. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in, and then so into sorry just I just wanted to do that quick oh, segue in the into Hebrews it's the same group of you know it's how many years later this is probably about five hundred years later yes now and mm-hmm. so uh, and we cut to to this same okay people group. now they were destroyed five eighty six and, and remember they. Uh, God begins the restoration process. Cyrus the Great allows some of the uh, exiles, those who wanted to, to return to Israel. They came. They rebuilt the temple. They rebuilt uh, the walls of Jerusalem under Nehemiah and Ezra and others, uh, Zerubbabel. And, and, and we've talked about that in, in, in the history. We'll read about that as, more as we move through the Old Testament. Um, and then in 400 uh, B.C., Malachi, after the exile there, uh, they return. Then there's 400 years of relative silence. God is still working. It's the time of the Greek, um, the Greek uh, Alexander the Great and others mm-hmm. come into that period. Um, 
But uh, in the time between the Testaments, there's no anointed prophets. Alexander the Great rises up, Hellenization uh, of the world and the Greek philosophers, uh, the Jewish rabbinical writings and in, 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 uh, different sects came and went. So there's 400 years, and then another prophet appears named John the Baptist, and he is raised up to predict and introduce, prepare the way for the Messiah. Now, <clears throat> the Jewish Messiah. And the reason I've tried to make this point about what is Israel and what is Judaism, and, and folks, please think with me here. I do know there's a religion called Judaism. There is a nation that people are group, bound by is, language. Yeah, language so is, is what we have. But we have to understand there is a deeper maybe higher <laughs> meaning, there is a far greater meaning biblically than any of those. And, and the, the, the greatest, the best I can come to is Israel, uh, essentially from the, the greatest, truest meaning is the people of God, the people who embrace and worship and, and are faithful to and trust in and obey the um, the God of Abraham, Isaac, the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, that is Israel, and that's the God that that Jesus talks about. Remember, he tells the Jewish leaders that it's not everyone that's circumcised. This there's a deeper meaning. And it's it's about being the people of God. Uh, Paul does the same thing. And so now we come to the book of Hebrews. And it is really fascinating what has happened because it just shows how people, are, our nature and our inclination is to want to categorize and very neatly make things tidy and maybe even say you and me us and the or you know it's, to differentiate it's, uh -huh. and yet and yet you can and you can do that right. you can still do that right. but you ha it's not it's not uh, genetic it's not a matter of your descendancy your gen generations your physical genetics it's not it's not your uh, citizenship you know what if you're a citizen of this nation or people group it's not that's not the it's not even your membership in a given religion uh you know i'm Jew, jewish there what what we're going to talk about here in the book of hebrews is now and the reason it comes to bear is that uh the, particularly this religious view kind of raises its head here because what's happened now, there, uh, Messiah has come. Jesus of Nazareth came. He demonstrated clearly from the prophets, from his own life, from the prophecies he fulfilled in his life, his own life, his own lifestyle, his teachings, his compassion, his, the power of his own being, uh, his death and, and then his resurrection from the dead, and then the transformed lives of his followers were transformed in, as we entered into this new era. And so uh, Jesus has come. And now, Pentecost and, and the Holy Spirit, the, the role of the Holy Spirit has expanded now to every believer because Messiah finished His work. Mm -hmm. Remember, the Messiah now becomes the prototype for the people of God. He is the firstborn of the twice born. He and now because He was 
uh, the the Holy Spirit indwelt by the Spirit and filled with the Spirit his entire existence, and he proved faithful all the way through, then now every one of us who comes to faith in Jesus is born again. We are, it's not just a figure of speech. We become a new person in Christ, and we are also indwelt by the Spirit of God. From the moment of our spiritual birth, uh, the, the Spirit of God indwells us and walks with us, and we have the privilege now of walking by faith and trust and obedience to the Spirit's uh, leading and, and experiencing the filling of the Spirit. We're encouraged, and in fact, and commanded as God's children now to be filled with the Spirit, walk in His power. So now... In that deepest sense now, all of us who Gentiles, this Apache Indian here, I'm a Gentile. I, I mean, uh, my ancestors knew nothing about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and so on. But, but I, when I heard and understood who Jesus was uh, and Messiah, now, well, I won't go there. I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> stay on tack, tack here. I've embraced I am now part of Israel. Uh, that's exactly what the Bible says. If you are a follower of Jesus, uh, the Christ, the Messiah, uh, you are indeed Israel. You you are, in a sense, Jewish. You have become Jewish, uh, part of Israel, part of the people of God. Real quick, so are, are you Jewish and Israel? Are you distinguishing between those, are those synonymous? Are you- well, I'm saying in their deepest meaning, they both mean the same. Okay, so you're saying so Jewish. Jewish is, is Israel, if I say is, I'm Jewish today on the street or talking to someone, they're going to think it means ethnicity, mm-hmm. or they may think it means oh you're religious, religion. a mm-hmm. Jew, mm-hmm. Uh, or and, and, and that would be a normal understanding. Mm-hmm. But the deepest meaning of those words mm-hmm. are I, I I am a follower. I, I am a follower after the true and living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I I am a follower of Jesus, the right. Messiah. And so, but the thing the thing that I think is interesting though is those distinctions are the same. It it's no different how that happens now, and then probably what was happening in the streets at in the, the time in the time of the Hebrews. <laughs> exactly. exactly right. Because remember now the Jews or Judaism as a religion was an accepted religion. It came to be an accepted religion under Rome, Mm -hmm. under Roman rule. Uh, and th- they were allowed, you know, to have their temple, although it was desecrated and the Romans d- disrespected it greatly, put a statue of Caesar in it and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, but it was at least an accepted religion uh, mm-hmm. under it. Um, Christianity, and I'm using the word as denoting this new, mm-hmm. yeah. f- this new sect right. of Judaism the the Romans thought it was a new sect of Judaism the, thousands and thousands of Jews embraced the, the, the Jesus as the Messiah mm-hmm. and they didn't stop being Jews they were still Jews they were on Pentecost it was 3, still 000, part of Israel 3000 yes. converted on the day mm-hmm. of Pentecost and thousands more um, so so they were both <laughs> so there was no distinction to them. They were They're they Jewish. were still Jews. They were now right. uh, Jews followers after Jesus, their Messiah. Uh, and so, but the point was is that the Romans saw religion, mm-hmm. and they thought, okay. And so they were, and even even some Jews 
interpreted all this as religion. What it meant to be a Jew, what it meant to be part of Israel, was that you followed that those religion religious practices right. and, and and things they had maybe lost sight of the, many the, the had many, lost many sight of the relational of the, part the history that you just said of god's revelation to them and to, of, know, to god. know god jeremiah said that, let him that boast boast in this that you know me mm-hmm. god said that you know it was not a religion it was about a relationship mm-hmm. with the true and living god and so now what's happened is that the the those jews those hebrews those israelites people of israel who did respond and recognize in Jesus of of Nazareth to be that long-awaited Messiah, Redeemer, Savior, they happily, joyfully embraced him. And they didn't mean they changed religions. They were still, they didn't change nationality or anything. They they were still, but they had found, embraced now their Messiah, the long-awaited promise by Abraham and, and others through the Old Testament and God himself. And so they embraced, but the Romans saw them as having, they were now of a different religion. And even those in the Jewish religion who were not following after the Messiah, they attacked them and persecuted them because they were a threat to their religious power and influence and whatever else. And they maybe, and maybe they, they made them a liability with Rome. As they exactly, them. for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And so they all began to pile on this group. Now, the book of Hebrews is designed to set the record straight. Who is Israel? Who are Jews? And to now give a perspective, okay, now here's how we proceed from here forward. Now that Messiah has come, it changes things. It doesn't change everything because, in a sense, there is no Old Testament and New Testament. In, in a sense, the, the, there's no, the Bible is one book. It's just one book, one continuing record of the one true and living God revealing himself to humanity and working within humanity to reveal himself and to carry out a, a, a work of redemption, of salvation. And, and it's about – that's what it's about from beginning to end. Now we've come to the, uh, a juncture where we need to kind of re-explain and re-understand who we are in, in our language even, our understanding – because Messiah has come, and a, a great number of things happen, almost all of them extremely good, extremely positive. Because even though uh, even though Jerusalem in AD 70 is destroyed, and it is thought that the book of Hebrews is written before AD 70, uh, it is written by one of the uh, early, early uh, church fathers, he's written about, authoritatively in AD 95 um, I've forgotten who that name of that uh, one was but then and it does not mention the destruction of the temple so it's probably written in the mid 60s uh, 65 AD or somewhere in that range and so now we want to take on the book of Hebrews and find out now what has changed what difference does it make now that Messiah has come. All right, so we're going to come back to that topic in just a, a minute or so and use our last segment 
to cover the book of Hebrews, uh, its outline, its message uh, to both uh, to both Gentiles who now have come in to be part of Israel, have become Jewish uh, because they embrace the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, and and to those who are ethnically Jewish and who are religiously Jewish, some who embraced the Messiah and become part of of the deeper sense of Israel, <laughs> and, and some who did not, and and we're going that is all addressed. The writer of the book of Hebrews probably, and in my opinion, many people think it was Paul, and that is maybe a, a majority. Um, many think, though, that it was uh, Apollos, uh, which seems there's some good reasons to think it might have been him as well. But but we're going to come back now and take the book of Hebrews apart and look how it addresses these different groups, primarily differentiated only by, principally and primarily, by their love for, their response to, their embracing of uh, of the Messiah. Jesus the Messiah. So we'll come back. I hope you don't you'll stay with us. It's going to be worth the wait. I'm pretty sure the book of Hebrews is very very important and very clarifying, but it you have to put on your thinking cap for sure. The Bible Live will return in just a bit. Don't go away. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. And I've stepped the stage over an hour here. I've been talking about Lamentations and and segueing here now to the, um, what, 500 years later, almost 600 years later now. Um, Oh, no, over 600 because now we're deep into the the first century. Um, We are now trying to analyze... And this book of the Hebrews, this book that was written uh, by, we think probably it seems to me like it probably was Apollos from his uh, the the his Greek, very educated Greek uh, language. It's it's a, it's different from the language of mannerisms and the the nuances of language that we see in the, in the epistles of Paul. Um, Although Paul was very educated and, and, and wrote very well in Greek as well, but this has an Alexandrian uh, sort of a flavor to it, and, and Apollos was from Alexandria, 
it has a little bit of that accent or that those nuances. So that's it's come to be thought that that it might might, might well have been uh, Apollos. It needed to be Paul in the early times, at least the early to be included in the in the. Uh, in the, did you know that, that that was one of the things that, was, that made it be included in the uh, canon? Yeah. It was because it was thought to have been written by Paul. So it's an accident that turned out right, <laughs> right. <laughs> for us. So let's, see, let's get started. The book of Hebrews begins with the affirmation, Long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Now you see, even, even the writer of the book here, goes back long ago, all these ages, all these generations, all these centuries, God has been preparing. It's it's one continuing revelation. There's no old and new testament. There's it's one continued work of God revealing himself and carrying out his work of redemption. But now he says in these final days, these days that we're in now, he has spoken to us through his son God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. When He had cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave Him is greater than their names." For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Now we're beginning here. What the writer of Hebrews is going to do now is begin to establish and confirm to to announce uh, as forcefully and beautifully as he can the superiority, uh, the the eminence of, of Jesus the Messiah. He is the fulfiller of all of the prophecies. He is the everything that looked forward. He is the greatest, uh, greater than the, the angels, greater than even, even the artifacts of religion. Uh, he's greater than the great heroes. He's greater than Abraham. He's greater than the Messiah, the, the preeminence of Messiah. And he begins to announced that, and he's going to be talking about how the Jesus now, the coming of Messiah, is greater than the religious uh, symbols and the, the, the elements of the religion of, of uh, Judaism or of, of, that Israel had uh, embraced and Israel had practiced. And, and it's not that these were wicked or, or terrible. Uh, the, 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 many of them were in in fact, brought, given to them by God. Right, and, and they were healthy. I mean, and, they were yeah. a means of the experiencing their relationship, their unique yeah, relationship Yeah, they with helped God. them, these, these religious symbols. But, but the problem was, is too often they reduced it to the symbols. Right. And they forgot the deeper, deeper or higher, whichever one you <laughs> want to use, deeper and higher meaning and the significance of the relationship. Right. Religion is... is Man's best effort to express to to know God and express himself toward God, mm-hmm. whereas, well, I was going to say Christianity, but even Christianity is quite possible to reduce it to just Absolutely. as the word yeah. to just just man's effort to reach God. Mm-hmm. Uh, in its purest, highest sense, Christianity is m- God's best effort to reach man. Mm-hmm. And, and that that is so important to remember, 
And it's very hard for us to keep that in mind because we live in this world, uh, a real, you know, this physical world, and we have religions, and we have language, the limitation of language. But it's, I think it's most important, it's very important for us to keep in mind as God's people the, the purest, highest, truest meaning of what it means to be Israel, the, what it means to be a Christian. It's not about affiliation with a certain religious group. Uh, religion, there's not going to be a religious religious entry exam to heaven. You know, were you uh, Protestant? Were you Catholic? Were you mm-hmm. – religion, it's not going to be about religion. It's going to be about our faith in what God has revealed to himself, to us of himself, and his redemptive plan through his son, the Messiah, who was just announced, this one who is the exact image of the, of the invisible, the radiance of God is found in the person of Jesus, the Messiah. So the writer of Hebrews is writing to people now in, in the Roman Empire who had embraced Jesus the Christ as the Messiah. Some of them were... Hebrews themselves. Some of them were Jews, and they they are principally addressed here in the book of Hebrews, uh, and you'll see why in a moment. Uh, but maybe it's he's maybe that's what he's doing here too. Is he's trying to kind of explain what it is to be Hebrew, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. who, who are Hebrews, and right. and so he's it's those who 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 truly receive acknowledge. And yield to and bow before the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and His Messiah, the Messiah that He has sent, that He long promised and now has sent. Mm-hmm. So He's talking to them now. They live in a real world of religions and of ethnic groups and so on, right. and they are being persecuted right. because of they're being persecuted both for religious reasons mm-hmm. and for geopolitical reasons right. and for ethnic reasons mm-hmm. <laughs> that. All the wrong reasons, they're, they're, but they are, they're lumped into uh, and, and they are being persecuted because they don't fit into right. uh, the, the, the religiously Jew, those who are religiously only Jew and, the, and maybe the ethnic or, or nationalistic Jews, the, but that did not accept Jesus as the Messiah. They persecuted them because they were a threat to their... To them, to their power, to their uh, influence, to their identity. Identity, mm-hmm. I see, mm-hmm. I would say. Mistakenly right. understood that way, but that's right. what they considered it. Right. Because they didn't see that Jesus was the fulfillment of their identity, in fact. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but so they're being, they're being persecuted on that side uh, by uh, folks w- w- within the nation or people group of Israel. But for those, the, those, less deep, more shallow reasons. They're also being persecuted by the Romans for geopolitical, uh, social reasons mm-hmm. because they weren't, they, didn't, they weren't considered part of, of Jews. The Jews, obviously, or those who rejected Jesus as Messiah, Would kind of rejected them. Would it be helpful to um, distinguish maybe this? The even sects of Judaism within the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the different schools of mm-hmm. the Pharisees. There were Sadducees, I guess and that's there not were helpful there because was, they were all 
within those. Well, but there were many. There were Pharisees who converted. Right, exactly. There so, were Fer- Paul. Yeah, uh, right. Was a Pharisee. <laughs> uh, 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 so there were so there and and I assume maybe there were Sadducees. I, we we don't know about uh, Nicodemus and others. What's so interesting though too is I mean there were Romans who <laughs> and there were Romans who could, so this cuts thickens. across all of our earthly right. our exactly. earthly understandings and de- definitions were were all confused by this yeah. overriding. Uh, this overriding Jesus. identity oh, with the true and living God, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, yeah. the Messiah, the, yeah. the God of uh, the God, the God's Son, the the Redeemer, the Savior of and the you world. Know what I've always loved is that uh, I can't, I don't know where this, but if God did come down to, uh, you know, if it, it is, of course He would have that effect. <laughs> of course, that is the He. he it's going to be. All yeah. of all of our human tendent all of our attempts, all of our he's gonna he's gonna be bigger, deeper, wider, he's gonna be overshadowed, he's going to just turn everything. He's upside. gonna be far beyond all of our <laughs> so that earthly is definitions. What, so so isn't this he? isn't this isn't as much as it sort of um shakes us, mm-hmm. it's not unexpected. This is exactly what would happen is a Hebrews scenario. Uh, he, the book of Hebrews is exactly we're right on. We're right on the schedule. <laughs> exactly. <We're right. laughs> it, we, and we need it today as much as they yeah. needed it then. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe even worse today, or at, at least uh, at least in a far bigger way. Today right. we're talking about seven billion people on planet Earth who. And those of us who are the people of God, mm-hmm. whatever we are religiously, or uh, it, oh boy, I'm on dangerous yeah. ground here. But those of us who embrace Jesus and trust in Him and know Him, and by faith, uh, I've come into a relationship with the true and living God uh, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We need to understand this because it's our job to communicate mm-hmm. the message of God, His redemption, and His love, and it's in a world that is. Confused by some of these terminologies and some of these words, uh, and but at least we need to have it clear in our own hearts and minds, so that we can pray, so that we can best communicate uh, the truth to men and women from all different backgrounds, every nation, every tribe, every language. You know, Apache Indians right. and Mongolians and and people from um, Islamic nations and backgrounds and so on. How can we communicate to them? This overriding truth, this beautiful overriding truth of salvation and redemption through the true and living God without getting trapped and derailed by either ethnic or genetic or or geopolitical or or even religious labels, maybe labels. Yeah, yeah. We want we want to communicate this message of redemption to everyone everywhere. Uh, in language, in best we can. So the writer of Hebrews goes through these chapters. Now he's going to be talking about how Jesus is superior uh, to the temple. Now he, again, in particular, he's talking to this the, these Hebrew people. And who is he writing to? The, to the Hebrews, to the, to Hebrews. the Jewish people in Italy. In well, we 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 don't know. He's written the letter. At the end, he says. Uh, the, this one little hint, and it's not much of a hint, mm-hmm. uh, but he, we don't know where he is in writing it, and 
to whom necessarily, but the last sentence says, uh, uh, let me see. Oh, we're it's, it's to, 1324. Uh, oh, there is it that, is. Thank you. Uh-huh. I, 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 one more page. Obey your spiritual leaders. Do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. Uh, that would certainly not be for your benefit. Then he goes on. Um, now he begins his his outro. Now, now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, and so on. He goes, he said, I urge you, dear brothers, pay attention to what I have written in this brief exhortation. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been restored from jail, released from jail, and Timothy was in jail in the 60s. Okay. And so he gives him that news. If he comes to here soon, I will bring him with me to see you. Greet all your leaders and all the believers there. The believers from Italy, it says, send you their greetings. Hmm. So we don't know if he's in Italy right. writing or if he's somewhere else, but he's among a congregation where there are some gr- right. believers, <laughs> Italian believers, uh-huh. and, he's, and he's maybe writing this to believers in Italy, right. and he says the okay. believers from Italy send you their greetings. It's so interesting to think of Italy as opposed to Rome. I'm so used to Rome and Romans, yeah. of course, but yeah. oh, Italians? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that seems yeah, like they, a much more modern. <laughs> yeah, it was there. But anyway, that's where we, we, we are. That's as far as we can go with that. But the point is is that he, he begins to establish this, the supremacy, the uh, of Jesus, the Messiah, how he rises above all of these other uh, definitions and all these other understandings. It doesn't. <laughs> oh, bless you! I'm sorry. It doesn't mean he covered his mouth. Don't that, worry. That, that, that the religious understandings or religious terminologies and so are meaningless or that they're evil. Right. But we. But that. But that the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. The Messiah, the Redeemer of God for all of humanity, he is above all of those. Right. Uh, he, yes, he has a he has a definition and a meaning within them, but in, but he is above them. Right. His understanding of true understanding of him right. rises above which, these definitions, which becomes such an encouragement. Which ultimately, mm-hmm. of course, and and that's what I think the point of the Hebrews is, is to be an encouragement to those that are following Jesus. It is, it is bigger than all of the momentary light affliction. It is bigger than the persecution. It is bigger because he is so much bigger than. Yes. And it's an encouragement to them in this, in the time of the Hebrews, even as it was encouragement to them in in Lamentations. It also, yeah, it it removes the pressure to feel as if they have to isolate from Rome or they have to isolate from their their Jewish religion religion, or their ethnicity or 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 their families. They they don't uh, because Jesus is in all of those (laughs) uh, categories. He's... He it, rises it, above those categories, right. uh, and and, uh, as, and as long as they're able, now if their families throw them out and isolate them, there's nothing they can do, but as, as much as you can be at peace with all men. Right. Uh, and we can, because we belong to Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, that We have an inherent, innate uh, advantage, in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a wonderful blessing. Uh, 
But, okay, so he says he's great. In chapter 7, there's this passage about Melchizedek, and he's using that to to reveal that Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. Remember, Abraham worshipped this Mm -hmm. king Melchizedek back in, uh, this was in, uh, I believe, in Genesis chapter 14. Uh, Abraham pays a tithe to Melchizedek, who is a priest of the living God, the, uh, of, of the true and living God. Um, and, and so he's saying that Jesus, in a sense, is, a, of the, is, is greater than Abraham. He's, a, he's, a, he's our high priest after the order of Melchizedek, not after the Aaronic order. Uh, they had to pass from generation to generation, from one priest to another, but he's eternally. Right. So he uses some and very, very well kind of informed. This, right, anomaly, right, mm-hmm. in terms of there's no, there was no before Melchizedek and there was no after yeah, Melchizedek. Right, exactly. And that's the, he, uh, there was no beginning, no end. And so he, he uses Melchizedek as an example of how Jesus rises above the earthly priesthood. Mm-hmm. And the earthly priesthood is actually just a precursor, a, a symbol, as it were, of the ultimate priesthood of Jesus, the one mediator between God and man. So you have that at 6 and 7. Now, there is a passage that talks about, and it comes down to the crux of the problem, is some of these Jewish uh, believers, the, some of the uh, Jewish believers are part of Israel. They're citizens of Israel. They're followers of the Jewish religion and so on. They are now coming under pressure. They are being uh, persecuted Mm -hmm. because of their embracing Jesus, Mm -hmm. the Messiah. Wrongly persecuted Mm -hmm. because uh, by, as we said. Is there such thing as a rightly persecuted? (laughs) (laughs) I guess you're right. I don't know. But but, uh, they're being persecuted. Not that there was rightly, but this was wrongly. Especially. (laughs) Very good. But but he, he and some of them were saying, okay. Now we're, we're we're getting persecuted. We're going through hard times, so uh, let's just let's forget this Jesus thing. Then right, right. let's just go back. We 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 were right with God by our faith in God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. By our faith, by being faithful, loyal, uh, Jewish, mm-hmm. sincere, God loving Jews, uh-huh. uh, we were right with God. We were. And now, because we've embraced Jesus, we're being persecuted. So let's just go back to that other status. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just to another religion, Mm -hmm. you know, because there was nothing forcing them to be another religion. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could still go to temple. I mean, not temple now because it's going to be destroyed. But they could still go to the tabernacle. They could still go. They could still be religiously kosher. They could still. They could still be. Uh, Jewish, mm-hmm. <laughs> with because their understanding of the Messiah rose above, and now they could in fact be completed Jews. All of the things that they did, all the symbols, the Passover mm-hmm. meal, and so on, all of them now were fulfilled and had a deeper meaning than ever before, mm-hmm. because now it right. had the truest meaning yeah. in the Messiah, the, right. the salvation. Yeah, God not only brought him out of Egypt, he brought him out of the kingdom of darkness right. through his son Jesus. Well, I was just going to say it. It also it it, it does it uh, makes those acts and and those more joy more joy filled. There there mm. is truly rem- it has removed any sense of obligation. It is 
truly a sense of this is a, cele- a celebration, um, which it should have always been. Mm-hmm. But Jesus just makes that m- more real, I guess. You know, the, um, well, keep keep going with your point. Uh, I only want to make the yet, final point, in, and I'm sorry we've left. got a little, yeah. is that some of them would think, well, to escape persecution, we can go back right. just to, to pre-Jesus. Not right. just to another religion, because that we was, like we said, we could didn't need necessarily to do that. They could still branch back into their religious practices, even as followers of Jesus. Well, what's, but they couldn't abandon Jesus. And that's what he says. Right. You, you can't, can't unknow. <laughs> you can't not know well, what you rem- now know. Well, it reminds me of the Nicodemus. Uh, it, it just When you're born again, you can't... Uh, Enter you can't, into your mother's womb and be born again. You can't be born again again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and so he makes that point to them, and it is, it is a point of confirmation. It's a point of assurance that we yeah. can know that we, we have a confident, secure yeah. relationship yeah. with God. That old self really has yeah. died. You are a new creation. That old heart of stone has been replaced with a heart of flesh. You but, cannot but, go back. But some people take that passage in, in, in chapter, you know, chapters 4 through 7, and he says if you could abandon your faith, if you could uh, mm-hmm. lose your faith, and go, uh, you couldn't, you could, and so some, you couldn't come back. To, right. There's no other sacrifice. There's no other sacrifice. There's no other. If you reject Jesus, payment, uh, it's uh, not uh, as if there's another option. There's no other payment for sin. <laughs> yeah, and so. then, uh, but some people take that to mean, oh, that means you can lose your salvation, uh, mm-hmm. and that's not what he's saying. He's making right. the exact opposite point, and he's saying if you could lose your salvation, you wouldn't be able to recapture. It. Right. It, but it was a hypothetical if you could. Right. Uh, we are given plenty of time, verses and messages in the Bible that tells us we can have security. We can know that we're saved and we will not lose our salvation because saving faith is enduring faith. As long as we cling to Jesus and continue, and that's what he's telling them in the Hebrews, stay with Jesus. Yes. Stay with Jesus. We, we can't abandon him and expect no change. Thank you, Stacy. Oh. That was a hard, hard <laughs> book. It's, but it's an important one for us to, important lessons for us to learn. See you next week, everyone. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box eighteen eight eighty eight. That's Box eighteen eight eight eight, San Antonio, Texas seven eight two one eight. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.